Welcome to another episode of Talking Sense. I'm Latney Conant, CMO of Sixth Sense, and I am here with Chris Walker, CEO of Refine Labs. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Refine Labs. If you look at a lot of companies, the way that I see it is that they're not marketing effectively, <clears throat> which then forces them to be grossly overweight in sales headcount. A lot of BDRs, a lot of outbound, a lot of AEs, low efficiency and productivity. And so if you can fix the marketing engine, you can increase the efficiency of your sales engine, you can lower your sales headcount, you can invest more in marketing success and product, and the business does better overall. That's basically the theory. Hey, I like it. It's a good theory. Um, as we were chatting earlier, the reason I wanted to have you on the show is I think we're either going to be in wild agreement or, I don't know, maybe arm wrestle or something. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things that I love listening to is uh, you posted on LinkedIn about me and my budget and that I'm wasting just a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So I'm opening the kimono. Here's everything I'm spending on. Just call BS. Okay. What am I spending money on that I should stop well, right now? Let's start with what are you, what are you spending money on? Your top six line items. My top six line items. Well, aside from headcount, okay. so variable expense. Okay. Um, so we have we do have one trade show. Okay. That is probably our single biggest line item. Mm -hmm. I would say we go all in on it. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of ancillary events mm -hmm. around it. And it's prob it is one 100% the biggest pipeline driver all year. Mm -hmm. I like that. We try not to do very many booths. Mm -hmm. um, I think we still have three in our plan, unfortunately, for 2020. Mm -hmm. but, I've but I've said that we can't do any more. Okay. The easiest expenses to, to cut out and move to something that's more effective are... Big trade show booths. So anything over a 20 by 20, I believe you're wasting money um, on doing that because the, the value of what's happening at the event does not happen at your booth. The people walking by were are not looking to discover your brand by walking down the trade show booth. Totally I think, agree. I think things have changed there. Um, I'm not a big buyer of display. I, don't, I think that there is a more effective way to get your brand in front of people and deliver information than display, despite how inexpensive display is. A lot of people buy display because of the CPMs that are like two to four dollars. Other places where I think that companies are spending money are print collateral, for mainly for field-based sales organizations. Um, so I worked in a medical device company. They spent two hundred thousand dollars on brochures and little uh, like pens and other things that you would hand out. I thought it was a complete waste of money. We took that from 200 to 50, took that 150 and moved it somewhere else. Um, uh, sponsoring conferences, like putting your brand on whatever, I think is a huge waste of money today. And print ads in a B2B magazine or something like that, I think are places where companies maybe not as forward thinking as your company, but a lot of B2B companies in general, I think are wasting a lot of money there. Putting I a one-page one ad in a magazine that nobody picks up and reads. Yeah, who, who cares? Yeah. I think those are the, the, the ones that I think are a complete waste. Okay. Yeah. Well, we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. 
now I'm so like, far, no violence. Now I'm, I'm like, what else is in my budget? Uh. <laughs> but you, I mean, if you look at the, just data in industries, somewhere between 18% or more is spent on trade show booths for a lot of industries. So, so here's my question on that. Um, how do you, um, like, are the trade shows that, re- like, what's going to happen to the trade shows if we all start saying no to their booths? Um, I don't think people are going to say no to them, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, I think that the smart companies are changing their strategy around trade shows. So if you must have a booth, have a small booth. Totally. Cut it, cut it in half. So whatever. Totally. If you're a huge company and you're getting a 30 by 40 or whatever the biggest booth is, I don't even know, then cut it in half. And then take that whatever amount it is, it's probably fifty dollars to $100,000, and have a satellite event, like that you said, that actually drives brand value, not the like sign over your booth that 100 people see. Um, but here is, I think here's the challenge or that it sounds easy to talk about and say, yeah. oh, drive a satellite event. And, but the reality of someone who's been doing this a long time is to do that, you can't be lazy. So you have to... The booth is lazy. The booth, the booth is, is a lazy. very lazy strategy. I agree. Like you rock up. You've got your swag and this and that, and you've got your scanner, yep. and you go around, and then you send a bunch of emails afterwards. Uh-huh. And all the people working the booth are hungover. Um, your lead follow up isn't great. You're having basic conversations that you could communicate the exact same information in a one minute video delivered to somebody that you're having in the booth with a prospect. You're scanning their badge. They're not actually interested. They don't answer your emails. I think it's a very that's the cookie cutter approach that I've seen, like I said, seven or eight companies in a row make the exact same mistake. And I but think it you needs to fundamentally have to change the way you approach field marketing to mm-hmm. do what we're talking about. And here's why, mm-hmm. because you have to be incredibly organized, first of all, way more organized. Mm-hmm. You have to start way earlier in the process. Mm-hmm. You have to have some way to understand who's coming to the event, which requires AI, big data, things like that. Because you usually don't get the list until right before. Mm-hmm. And so it, and there's a lot of collaboration that has to happen with sales. Like I believe that an event, like my success or failure for an event happens with how many meetings we got pre-booked. Totally agree. But that's a hard <laughs> change. I mean, I've made that change at two companies mm-hmm. and it's not an easy thing to manage mm-hmm. with the sales force. What, I just don't get to go? No, you have to have like five qualified meetings. Yeah. And there's like, we always have software to track those meetings. I mean, it's, it's, it takes a level it's, it's of. A, it's a strategic decision that you've made to change how you do this. Yes. 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 And most companies aren't even thinking about it. Yes. Now, when you go to the, the trade show, are you focused on net new, current customer? What's the mix? Like if you have to have qualified meetings, who are they with? It depends. <laughs> okay. And it depends on who's going and who's qualified. Okay. So for us, this year, we said that you had to have five meetings, three of which needed to be new. Okay. So they could get two okay. with customers, to qualify, but they needed to have at least three that were not new. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually what I try to do is set the goal actually really low so that it's like if someone's okay. complaining that they can't get that, 
They probably don't belong there anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the first year I did it I at Aperio, I think I set the target at like three meetings. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> They can't get three meetings at Dreamforce. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> I agree. Um, and I try to make sure that they have a SME, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you end up flying all these other Yahoos mm-hmm. to the event, too. Like, you're, you know what I mean? I know. I, yeah. Like me. Uh, like, the exact yeah, team and SMEs <laughs> and this and that. And so, like, the last thing I want is them standing around. Mm-hmm. So, I, I try to have a qualified meeting. It needs to be them with a customer or prospect and some other SME. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it's worked pretty well. Cool. So we agree on that. We agree on that. Okay. Um, let's talk about Facebook. Because okay. you're really <laughs> bullish on Facebook. I am. I'm not sure. Like, convince me. It really, it, I think it really depends on the, the company, the product, the target audience, like everything. I think it depends on it. The thing that's worked really well for us, and I'm talking companies that are selling a product, ACV, less than a hundred K. So okay. average contract value, less than a hundred K. Okay. If you are a company that's selling to IBM, I do believe that this strategy could work for you, but I haven't done it myself. So I'm not going to talk about it. And so we'll, we'll set the cutoff less than a hundred K. We have done deals that were 200 K ACV, but on average it was less than a hundred. Create high top of the funnel content, kind of like what we're doing right now, actually. Okay. Um, and post-produce it so that it can be delivered to the Facebook feed, targeted at the job titles or companies or fields of study or professional associations that you're going after. Create brand awareness from the content because we're not looking for someone to just see the brand and feed. I'm looking for them to click through it and consume what I'm delivering. Okay. So we track metrics all the way through consumption. And then we trade on that awareness that's created it drives inbound opportunities just through know? the awareness how do you know it came from that so what we did is we had a marketing like mix. is it like the view through kind of what i talked about i'll, I'll, I'll t- talk to you it's t- certainly not that technical okay so we had a mix we were spending uh appropriately on all these different channels five thousand or yeah five thousand a month on facebook ads and one month we took it from five thousand to fifty thousand. Okay. So we up the a budget. month. A month. Wow. A month. That's rich. <laughs> well, the the pipeline and and all the other revenue metrics supported that spend. Okay. And so when we ten x the budget, we saw the pipeline increase increase appropriately. So we got to it dialed into. We spent a dollar on Facebook ads. You would get a hundred dollars in pipeline, and we'd win somewhere between thirty and 40% of those deals. And now how do you make sure, because Facebook is so broad, mm-hmm. like how do you make sure it's the accounts you care about? So that's been my challenge with mm-hmm. some of the more social is, like it, it, you pay for impressions. Yeah. And there's no quality metric for mm-hmm. like, which impressions you want versus the ones you don't. Yeah. And maybe that's just part of the game. I think it's just, I mean, first off, the CPMs on Facebook are 6 to $8. The CPMs on LinkedIn are 60 to $80. Yeah, so they're like expensive. the difference is, is pretty large. Um, if you want to go targeted, maybe you do go to LinkedIn and pay more CPM. But what we're doing, and it's agnostic of the account because we're going after people that are, that we think are ideal to understand the information that we're created, that we're creating and putting out. 
which then drives word of mouth conversations internally, a lot of other things that doesn't actually have to be targeted at the account. We run ads, we see this huge hospital download all of our guides, but we know that that hospital uses our competitor's product, they're locked into a contract, they're never gonna buy from us. How do you know that? Because- You just, in your CR, in the CRM or whatever? Yeah, I mean, our rep had the meeting, I did win-loss analysis, I called the decision maker and did the evaluation. They said, your sales rep spent nine months trying to track us down, we were never going to buy because we are in a contract with your competitor. Right. <laughs> and so that's how you find it out. Um, and that's, I mean, it's not the only part of our mix, but I believe, and it's, it's working for me on LinkedIn too. I create broad content, not targeted at anyone. So I'm connected with account executives and marketing managers. So you're not doing more organic right now. On LinkedIn, 100 for me, 100, and for what I recommend for everyone is organic LinkedIn yeah. through a personal profile. Yeah. That's what, no, that's what we do. A lot of people pay. I've done the experiments on paid. I don't think that it, unless, I think even if you're selling a million dollar product, I don't, I'm not sure that it gets you what you actually want. It just has gotten so expensive over yeah. the years. Like it used to be awesome. Really? This is what, <clears throat> this is my experience. Yeah. Okay. Is we used to crush LinkedIn. Uh, crush by what measurement? Inbounds. Um, but MQLs, but yes. So, but this was like five <laughs> years ago and it was a lot less expensive mm -hmm. as the prices have, have gone up. Mm -hmm. We, it just didn't economically make as much sense. Yeah. And it became more of like a brand thing, which mm -hmm. is like, but you don't really know it's a brand thing. So mm -hmm. now we've moved to like all organic on it. Yeah. Organic to a personal and this profile. Is, and this isn't, right. when I say we, it's like, these are two different companies. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit apples and an orange, mm -hmm. but anyway. Yeah, I mean. That's, that's more my own personal I, experience. I think we can get to one of the more interesting parts of this, I think will be of this conversation, which is that if you're using LinkedIn to drive MQLs, I mean, I've done the testing, you're gonna get leads at whatever price you want. Sometimes $5, sometimes $500, whatever. The odds of them turning to revenue are very small. And the Facebook ones are high. No, because we're not doing conversion-based ads through Facebook. Okay. So we're doing content, top of the funnel, here's the stuff. I'm not asking, there's no CTA, I'm not asking for anything. And you then just I wanna wait. get them to their your I, website. On the website, consuming the message that I've created, and then just wait. And then when you do that six, 10, 20 times over, somebody eventually has a conversation with their boss or the person that needs to, or maybe they have a decision maker. And then that person comes back on desktop, consumes your value proposition and converts. And it happens because we're not asking for anything. The buyer's coming in at their initiative, not ours. So yeah. if you're doing a conversion-based ad, it's our initiative to get them as a lead. They're in the feed, they're looking, you know, looking at vacation pictures or whatever. They're not, they weren't ready to buy that thing. But that's kind of the same strategy we would use with display too, is we're just in the flow with them. Mm -hmm getting them to consume content. Mm -hmm. And then when they're ready, what content are they consuming? So like walk me through the, the display process. So I'm just going to guess. So you have, you run display that building over there with a lot of people in it. You have your target people inside of the account that are going to be on their desktop computer and see your ads. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, click through rates, probably pretty low. 
Because, I mean, only grandmas are going to like it. Nobody clicks on banner ads. So, like, what do you, besides the impression, then we need to debate the value of that impression. But all you're doing is basically putting your logo in front of someone, right? Well, with, um, so what we do is because we use our intent signal and we know mm -hmm. the keyword that they, keywords that they care about, mm -hmm. we dynamically change the keyword mm -hmm. so we 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 know it's in the flow and we know mm -hmm. it's something top of mind for them mm -hmm. um, and then when they come to the site we've prepared content mm -hmm. again based on those keywords mm -hmm. so we sort of are anticipating or have a have a better than and it's better than anticipating we have a pretty good idea of what they're interested in mm -hmm. so it's not just like six cents yeah it's you know and then talk me through the the timeline from impression on average, impression to inbound conversion, and then what is that conversion? Is it, I wanna to talk to your sales rep, I wanna quote, I want this mid-funnel thing, like what is the conversion that you're measuring to? Well, we don't um, use MQLs at all. <clears throat> at, like, we don't use them at all. I don't all. even use SQLs. It's opportunity or nothing. It's binary. So, well, we have we have something called an in in market. Mm -hmm. So my job. So so basically, I use predictive analytics to know when an account is in target, and if they're in target, they're not doing any research. They're a good account for me, but they're not doing anything, mm -hmm. and I don't want to spend one dime on them. They're so not ready to buy. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're then, gonna have a good conversation. I'm ready for then this. and and there there's like you know so many accounts that mm -hmm. like I can't waste how my, many um, so there's like twenty thousand accounts right okay. now in Target got me. it okay like why would I, I it's too to much yeah. it's too much um, so then I move to awareness and in awareness I know that they're researching things that indicate they have a problem mm -hmm. like predictive analytics like ABM like demand generation, mm -hmm. sales and marketing, you know, things that um, maybe <laughs> analyst firms or mm -hmm. events, I know that they are waking up to the fact that they have a problem that's related to what I do. Mm -hmm. So my strategy there is to use, um, you know, content. I, I write very specific content to them. I understand kind of the key periodicals and things that digital places I need to be. Mm -hmm. So I use a lot of organic um, and earned media. Mm -hmm. I'm really about earned media. I don't pay for a lot of media mm -hmm. from a content perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and social, organic social to get them basically to tie their problem with six cents. Mm -hmm. Then they move from that phase into consideration. Okay. Now consideration for us means that they're starting to research branded keywords. So they're actually looking for a solution. So they're, they might be researching um, our competitors. They might be um, researching again certain events. They might be, I might be able to see like certain eBooks or things that I know they're consuming. Um, and so a lot of preparation for me happens here. This is when I go out and I want to um, buy contacts from so, because I've got to be able to surround, I know I, I know I need more mm -hmm. than one buyer. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I change my message from a display perspective. 
to be more in tune with like where they are in their cycle. Mm -hmm. I also start to try to surround more of that buying team. Sure. And then once they flip from there to in market, that's when I have my BDR start outreach. Okay. So, so my goal is to get as many accounts in market mm -hmm. for my BDR team. Mm -hmm. I think the one, it's not a whole, but maybe it's a recommendation is that the whole model is built on someone getting into awareness. True. Right. And I so have to what believe I'm doing, that I have product market fit. 100%. And I have to believe that like there's a market for, so, so if I'm not getting anyone into awareness, I think I have a bigger problem with what mm -hmm. my solution is. Yep. And so what, what I do is instead of waiting for someone to search the keywords or show awareness, I take, we could take this video, could chop it up. Maybe we get a four paragraph blog about how MQL suck. Let's do it. We package it in a Facebook feed, target your VPs of demand gen or whatever the job site you're going after, get them to read it, which then from a cold contact begins the process of awareness. It's going to move people from, what was the first step? Awareness. Oh, no, it was before that. It oh, was target, tar tar target. It's going to move pe more people from target to awareness and then get your funnel started. Okay. It's, it's, I think a lot of companies are, have their strategy built around starting with when someone has intent, whether it's search or other signals. And what I'm really focused on is how do you, especially create if you're, intent. how do you create intent? How do you start that process when someone's cold, not doing something? That's where I think as I say it, where most of the value of what I do is. Okay. So two takeaways. One, just think outside the booth. No more booths. Love it. Huge waste. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you heard I've, it here first. I've been banging that <laughs> drum for five years now. Um, so think outside the booth. MQLs are bogus. Yeah, we should, we should go in more detail for, the, for people on that one. That MQLs are bogus? Yeah. All right. Why are they bogus? Why do you think they're bogus? Because they mean nothing. So I think, I think there's a couple things to break down. What is, I agree that it means nothing. It's a person, not, for us, we know there's multiple buyers involved in a decision. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you maybe have a more transactional model, it is probably, could be a good metric for you. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's not a good metric. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of companies, I mean, what, what is the process? That, the first thing is what is the process that you're taking? If you get an MQL, do you give it to a BDR? Is that like what most companies do? Yes. Okay. The win rate on those has to be 0.01%. Like I believe that by taking someone that has not shown interest at all and flooding them without heavy outbound, you're actually creating the opposite of what you want. They're getting annoyed. They're getting annoyed with you. Like, um, I'll give you an example and then we can maybe, I'll just, no, I won't say the company. Um, there's a company where I go in and whether it's in social or on their website or anything and download the most top of the funnel or relevant guide to their business. And three minutes later, a BDR that's been there, worked at the company for six days, calls my cell phone. And I, as long as I can, will never buy their product because of how much it's happened. Because it's just annoying. It's just annoying. And it doesn't match how I want to buy things. 
And I talk about it on social and all of my other platforms all the time about how I hate that approach. And people still do it. And so they don't treat me like a person. They treat me like a MQL or a number or whatever and throw me through their funnel. And I'm sure that it works for some people. But I think that we should debate the question, is it worth the one sale for how many of the me's that you're creating that are actually against your against your brand? I don't recommend it to people. And unless there's a specific application where I must buy your product, I won't. So just because they called or because, because they called they and you weren't ready? They do it repeatedly. So this isn't, this is so like, like the, the robo calling. Yeah. And after the sixth time, when I say like, I'm not in market for your product and I'd prefer if you didn't call me. And then I get another email cadence. I just think it's an, I just think it's annoying. Like, I think it's, uh, I disagree with the model. Okay. So we got to rethink the model. And then the last um, thing that we talked about to recap is um, creating intent versus waiting mm -hmm. for intent. Yeah. So three things. Mm -hmm. Think outside the booth. Mm -hmm. Ditch the MQLs. Mm -hmm. Just break that process. And create intent. Don't wait for intent. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks. Awesome having you Glad on the show. Glad to be here.